Please stay tuned for important disclosure information at the conclusion of this episode. Welcome to the Investing Insights Podcast from Morningstar. In this week's podcast, Amy Arnott and Susan Jabinski tell you what you need to know before hiring a robo-advisor, and Keith Reed Cleveland shares five questions you should ask a financial advisor. Let's get started. Here is Susan Jabinski from Morningstar, Inc. with Amy Arnott from Morningstar Research Services. Hi, I'm Susan Jabinski with Morningstar. So-called robo-advisors have gained traction with investors seeking low-cost financial advice. But is a robo-advisor the right fit for you? Here to discuss that question in depth is Amy Arnott. Amy is a portfolio strategist with Morningstar and the co-author of Morningstar's 2022 Robo-Advisor Landscape Report. Hi, Amy. Good to see you today. Hi, great to be here. So let's start out with a very basic definition of what a robo-advisor is and how it works. Sure. So a robo-advisor is basically a computer program that manages your money for you. And usually what you get is a diversified portfolio made up of low-cost ETFs from different asset classes. And uh, the way you start out Start out is usually by answering a series of questions about your goals, your time horizon, your risk tolerance, and then the robo-advisor will match you up with a portfolio that's an appropriate fit based on those things. Um, And another um, helpful thing about robo-advisors is that they automatically rebalance over time, so you don't have to worry about your asset mix getting out of balance. Now, you say in your latest report that, you know, a robo-advisor isn't necessarily the best fit for everyone and that there's some questions you can sort of ask yourself before you sort of forge down that path of seeking digital advice this way. Um, The first question you say an investor should ask him or herself is, you know, have I covered the financial basics? So what do you mean by financial basics? So there's really two things that I would make sure to check off your list before you sign up with a robo-advisor. Number one is making sure you have an emergency fund in place. So usually we recommend having at least three to six months worth of living expenses in cash or some other type of, you know, very short-term liquid bond funds. Um, that you could use, you know, in case your car needs a repair or you have a a home repair or you suddenly lose your job so that you're not scrambling around for cash to meet those expenses. And then number two would be starting to contribute to your workplace retirement plan like a 401k. So in a lot of cases, your employer will match at least part of those contributions, which is basically free money. So definitely a good thing. And then um, you're also getting tax benefits because your contributions are deducted from your gross income, plus um, those contributions are growing and compounding over time, and you're not paying taxes on that growth until uh, many years later when you start drawing down assets in retirement. So cover those two things before you go down that path of a robo-advisor. Exactly. And that will give you a strong foundation, and then you can build, use the robo-advisor for other goals. So speaking of uh, you know other goals, um, you, you also say in your report that you need to think about if there are other types of investment accounts that you would want to be setting up for specific goals that say maybe is, is outside of retirement. Um, why is this an important question that an investor be thinking about before going down that robo path? And what effect does it really have on the decision of maybe which robo you would choose? 
So, you know, typically robo-advisors are available for different types of accounts. So an IRA, Roth IRA, taxable account, sometimes a custodial account for children. And um, it's also helpful because you can kind of match up the type of account and the type of portfolio with a specific goal. So if you are, you know, say, saving for a down payment on a house, um, the robo program will match you up with a portfolio that has an appropriate asset mix for that specific goal. Um, and another helpful thing is that the robo-advisor services will usually um, keep you updated on your progress toward a specific goal and also help you figure out how much you should be saving monthly or um, quarterly to, to meet that goal. Um, the next question is kind of a straightforward, simple one, is how much money do you have to invest? So are there different investment minimums associated with the various robo-advisors that are out there? Yeah, so the, the nice thing about these programs is they're very accessible to beginning investors. Um, we looked at about 20 different robo-advisors in the U.S., and about five of them have no minimum investment at all. Um, and um, almost every other provider has a minimum of $5,000 or less. So they're very accessible to a smaller investor. Um, who might not have a lot of other options for financial advice. Um, you know, one interesting statistic we found is that only 7% of financial advisors focus on clients who have less than $100,000 in investable mm. assets. So if you're in that category and you're just getting, start getting started, these can be really a good option. And you also say that, you know, a robo-advisor may make sense for investors who, who maybe do even have a little bit more money than, than that to invest, um, given the cost of traditional financial advice. Let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so another interesting statistic we found is that 85% of U.S. households have less than $500,000 in investable assets. So if you're in that category, you might be saving for retirement. Maybe you, you know, like I said before, maybe you're saving for a down payment or you have a few other goals. Um, but chances are your overall financial situation isn't that complicated. Um, if you go to a traditional advisor, you may be paying 1% of assets versus a robo-advisor. Um, you're typically paying about a third of that, so mm -hmm. about 30 basis points on average. So it can definitely be a more economical way to get financial advice, especially for people who, who don't have an overly complicated financial situation. So Amy, speaking of complexity, let's, let's delve into that. How complex is your financial situation? First, what do you mean by complex? And then how can someone figure out, okay, you know, this is sort of the line where complexity moves into, yes, maybe I need to work with a one-on-one -on -one financial advisor rather than go the robo route. Yeah, so I would define complexity as basically the number of things that you need help with. Um, if you are someone who's mainly saving for retirement and maybe a few other financial goals, your situation might not be that complex. As you get older and accumulate more wealth, you might need help with other things like tax planning, 
charitable contributions, stock-based compensation, things like that. Um, another situation I would consider more complicated would be if you have a family member with special needs, um, you might have additional medical costs or planning for guardianship, things like that. And most robo-advisors really aren't equipped to help people with that. Um, another question that you suggest investors ask themselves is how confident they feel about managing their own investments and doing their own financial planning. Why is this an important question to be thinking about when it comes to whether you choose you know, the robo-advisor route or the in-person financial planning route? Right. So, you know, um, a lot of people actually do enjoy managing their own money and putting together their own portfolios. And, you know, as you know, a lot of those people use Morningstar.com to help them do research. Um, so if you're someone like that, you may not need a robo-advisor or a traditional advisor. Um, but there are a lot of people who um, find the whole process of managing their assets intimidating and really would like to have someone there to give them more guidance and education. So you can get some of that through a robo-advisor, but if you really are the type of person who likes to sit down and talk with someone and develop a relationship over time, you might be better off with a traditional financial advisor. Now, investors, you talk about, you know, having that experience of actually talking to, to a person. Right. Um, and, and you say that investors really should consider how important they think that would be um, to interacting with a human being as, as part of this process. Do robo-advisors offer or do some robo-advisors offer that experience where you can talk with, with someone? Yeah, so when these programs first started coming out about 10 or 15 years ago, the original idea was that they would really leverage technology and primarily um, not offer a lot of human interaction. Um, but over time, I think the lines have blurred and um, the robo-advisors have realized that people do really want to be able to call someone and ask a question um, or you know, get texts periodically to find out how they're doing. Um, but in most cases, you're still going to get um, the most human interaction with a traditional advisor. Um, and then given that, who might be better off taking the traditional route of working with a financial advisor? How do you gauge how much of that human interaction maybe that you need? I think it really depends um, on you know, what, how you like to process information. Um, do you like to talk through your financial decisions with someone or are you comfortable you know, getting a recommendation um, on your computer screen or through a printout. And I think part of it also depends on whether you really like to build a relationship with time where you get to know an advisor and are, have the option of meeting with someone in person. And in that case, you might um, prefer, prefer to go with a traditional advisor. Well, Amy, thank you so much for your time today for walking us through some of these key questions we should be thinking about if we want to take the robo-advisor route. Um, these will really help us make more thoughtful decisions. We appreciate your time. Sure. Great to be here. I'm Susan Jabinski with Morningstar. Thanks for tuning in. Expand your investing horizons and look to the long term with Morningstar's podcast, The Long View. Join hosts Christine Benz and Jeff Patak as they talk to influential leaders in investing, advice, and personal finance. Search for and subscribe to The Long View today. 
Lastly, Keith Reed Cleveland from Morningstar Inc. helps you find the right financial advisor. Picking a financial advisor can be challenging no matter where you are in your investment journey. So here are five questions you can ask a financial advisor to find out if they're the right one for you. One, what's your specialty? Some financial advisors focus strictly on investments, while others focus on different parts of financial planning, including investments, insurance, and budgeting. You'll want to keep this in mind depending on your goals. Two, are you a fiduciary? Being a fiduciary means that an advisor has to put their client's interests ahead of their own. Morningstar's Director of Personal Finance, Christine Benz, says fiduciaries are legally obligated to recommend the best products for you given your situation. Non-fiduciaries aren't held to that same standard. Three, how do you charge for your services? Some advisors recommend products and receive commissions. Fee-only advisors don't. They charge for various services. Fee-based advisors are a mix of both. They may charge fees and accept commissions. Advisors can offer their services on an hourly basis, per project, or take a percentage of their client's holdings. Ask for a cost estimate. Four, what are your credentials? It can be hard to figure out what the letters after financial advisor's name really mean. CFP stands for Certified Financial Planner, and CHFC stands for Chartered Financial Consultant. Look for these when you're searching for a financial planner. A CFA is a Chartered Financial Analyst. Look for this credential when seeking investment advice. Five, how often should we be in contact? You may want to be hands-on with your portfolio, act like it doesn't exist, or anything in between. Set expectations with your advisor from the start to know what your time commitment will be. Ask questions to empower yourself as an investor. You may find a financial advisor who can help you reach your goals. That does it for this week's Investing Insights podcast from Morningstar. We hope you have enjoyed our program and we welcome your feedback. Please send your comments and questions to podcast at Morningstar.com. From everyone here at Morningstar, thanks for listening. This recording is for informational purposes only and should not be considered investment advice. Opinions expressed are as of the date of recording. Such opinions are subject to change. The views and opinions of guests on this program are not necessarily those of Morningstar Inc. and its affiliates. Morningstar and its affiliates are not affiliated with this guest or his or her business affiliates unless otherwise stated. Morningstar does not guarantee the accuracy or the completeness of the data presented herein. The podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be considered tax advice. Please consult a tax and or financial professional for advice specific to your individual circumstances. Morningstar Research Services, LLC, is a subsidiary of Morningstar, Inc. and is registered with and governed by the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission. Morningstar Research Services shall not be responsible for any trading decisions, damages, or other losses resulting from or related to the information, data analysis, or opinions, or their use. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. All investments are subject to investment risk, including possible loss of principal. Individuals should seriously consider if an investment is suitable for them by referencing their own financial position, investment objectives, and risk profile before making any investment decision.